Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. No! You all didn't know the old me, that for 40 years, Darren, I was a kamikaze. The fact that I'm alive is a miracle. How about that? I've ridden steers, jumped off cliffs, been shot and been shot at, and I survived it all. This is the Rod Peterson Show. I think we're on now. (laughs) That's all a true story, by the way. Been shot, been shot at, jumped off cliffs. Live to tell the tale. Oh, yeah. It's the hour two, second half kickoff, everybody. And this is what I want to do. Sit on in here and bring it from the viewers. Let's all have coffee here today. Thanks for joining us for Caliber Coffee this morning or wherever you may be. I know that in eastern Canada uh, and United States, it is the afternoon. People were asking why Darren's wearing a fleece jacket and why... Not only that, why are you wearing a Kitchener Rangers jacket? I don't want from the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah. The O, as we like to call it. Yeah. I don't want to steal your thunder. Why don't you tell the folks why you're wearing it? Number one, it was a gift. Yeah. Right from the team. Yeah. Team issued. So, going to wear that. And when I was looking around, I checked my phone. I'm like, ah, it's one of those days, right? It's going to be 16 this afternoon, which is not hot, but not cold. It's shorts weather. And it was four degrees this morning. So I'm like, I need a little bit of, when I'm outside going for a walk this morning, and I need a little uh, warmth. It's that tweener time of year. It's tweener time. And, uh, um, and it's, it's getting warmer under the lights, but it really wasn't that warm in here. My office is pretty cool, too. So It's unbelievable. A lot of people are asking me about my yellow Jeep and when's Big Bird going to be driving it regularly. It's rained here for four straight days. That's right. And I don't have a lid on my Jeep. So the seats are squishy and soggy. I got to wait for it to be sunny for a week before I can drive this <laughs> thing. Dry so, it out. Anyways, <clears throat> like I said, I want to talk with you people. So get it rolling on the Facebook wall. Apparently, we're down on YouTube today. Connection problems. But the, you can talk with us through the Prairie Mobile text line. It's open, 306-840-8777. Prairie Mobile is your authorized SAS Tel mobility dealer. You want to talk Stanley Cup playoffs. You want to talk about NHL crowds. You want to talk about CFL, whatever. I'm up for it. Coming up later on this hour, Eric Engels from Sportsnet Montreal. Huge game tonight in the Bell Center as the Habs look to stave off elimination. I'm just looking at some of the viewers here or comments. There was an incident last night in New York against the Atlanta Hawks, where Russell Westbrook... Have I got that right, Alan? I got to follow the NBA playoffs more. Anyways, a fan... No, it was in Philly. Yes. Fan dump popcorn on Westbrook. That's what it was. And now they've revoked his season tickets, and he's suspended indefinitely. And I'm all for that, but we just... That's not the same as spitting on somebody, which we talked about in... Like, it's just not. If you got popcorn dumped on you, it's not that... Big a deal. Is that assault? Oh, no. And trust me, when Deron Carter, one of my closest friends, Chris Carter's son, got spit on by a Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan in the Labor Day Classic of 2018, 17 or 18, I went, (laughs) I went, I snapped, I lost it. I looked it up and I'm like, this is, this is a crime. So Rick Hanglin writes in, where did it go? Unknown threat of AIDS or hep C is what was initially called assault when spitting on someone. I know that. I know that's why it's assault to spit on somebody. It hasn't changed. And now you could get coronavirus and die. So it's not popcorn, though. There's a difference. Right. Big difference. I know that fan's not going to the Hall of Fame now, probably. The Fan Hall of Fame. But uh, it's just popcorn. I mean, I wouldn't worry about it. Tra- well, but then, then, sorry, Travis Rosebrook's watching. He says the games at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, Rod. Sorry, I said Bell Center. My bad. 
the series is such a... But... It just is. But a win for Montreal tonight, which maybe I'm kind of rooting for. A longer series. Well, gets us to game six, where they can get 2,500 fans in the Bell Center. So that's kind of the cherry, is the Bell Center with 2,500 fans for game six would be awesome. You guys want to talk about your biggest, wildest fan stories? I'm, I'm here for it. Al Hordell... Writes, then he says, I remember early 70s, old exhibition stadium. A Coke been thrown on Patty Janelle, his new jacket. Into the crowd he goes, followed by the team. Sparks flying everywhere from the skates. Huge brawl, old-time hockey. Rick goes on to say, Rick Haglin, spitting on somebody is serious. Popcorn isn't. But you know how the muckety-mucks and the suits look at it now. It's, where does it end? First, you're throwing popcorn, then you're throwing a pop, then you're throwing a tire iron. <laughs> Slap shot. Yes. Mike Milbury, he goes into the crowd. There's so many good ones. Ty Domi in the penalty box. What the heck? Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, Randy Chevrier got strep throat when Raheem Abdullah spit in his mouth one Labor Day. I don't, I'd like to talk to Chevy about that and corroborate what, that story. What happens in Calgary on Labor Day? Like, that doesn't happen in Saskatchewan or Winnipeg. Like, Raheem Abdul, I thought that was a pro wrestler. Uh, Jason Icarno writes, then he says, 1980 Memorial Cup, and a live chicken was thrown at Mike Keenan. <laughs> that was right here in the sweatpants capital. If you, were watch- if you were watching an hour ago, I said, in this town, throwing stuff at the opposition? What? That's a Thursday. Right? They're, they're, they're checking them at the door. What are you bringing in? Oh, rubber, plastic, that's <laughs> Any all good. Any livestock? Tire iron's got to stay, though, but that's good. That's Any good. That's livestock? Good. Yeah, exactly. What's in your bag, sir? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nothing. Nothing. Closing it up. <laughs> Uh, from Glenn Erickson, our good man in Medicine Hat from Dead Network. He says, the can of beer thrown at Rocket Ishmael during the Grey Cup. Classic. 1991 in Winnipeg. Still goes down in history as they say the coldest Grey Cup in the history. You've seen the video of Rocket streaking down the sidelines on the beer, just missing them. Very Winnipeg-ish. I just had to throw that out there. Oh, John in Winnipeg, if we want to switch gears. John Ohm. He says, game seven for Vegas. How about that? I'm trying to not think about it. That's tomorrow. I feel like you all should go back an hour ago to where we talked about this. I think a lot of the world's problems would be solved if we put our phones away when we're upset. Oh, yeah. How about that? Oh, yeah. Because I kind of got got a bit of an argument with our intern, Rachel, last night in Toronto because she thinks Marc-Andre Fleury was the reason they lost last night in Minnesota, the Vegas Golden Knights. And then she said they should have played Robin Leonard. So I went back at her on Twitter and I said, really, does Robin Leonard score goals? It's about the extent of me getting upset. I wasn't swearing at anybody. but right. You were a little bored somewhere. Um, <laughs> and just write down the things that trigger you, right? And then when those things come up, you just... Put the phone down. Oh, the phone. That's on my list of triggers. Twitter. Let's put that away. We're going back to that fan thing for a second. Joe Lazito is watching on Long Island, and he says, Rod Dolman, former New York Islander, really good buddy of mine, Dolly, my roommate actually for a while. He says, he told me while with PA, a fan spit on him. He jumped into the crowd, ran up the concrete stairs with the sparks flying, and taught that guy some manners. Um... I told you this was going to be fun. Oh, yeah. This is what we do. Just we have fun. We have cocky, uh, c- coffee. We tell stories. I, here's the thing. You spit on somebody, you should expect to be beaten into oblivion. That's about that old school thing we were talking about earlier. You act like an ass, you're going to get the crap kicked out of you. When Theo says the world's gone too far and it's not coming back, that's part of the deal. I remember in Moose Jaw... Our general manager came up to do an interview with me on the radio. We're the visitors there with the Regina Pats. He took his suit coat off, and he didn't have a spot on his coat the size of a dime that wasn't covered with spit. 
And again, we thought it was funny. So he started wearing his old suits yeah. <laughs> to games in Moose Jaw. Yeah. You know? And nothing was happened to those guys. But we there's don't. no fear anymore that if you lip off or you spit on somebody, there's going to be any serious repercussions. We Certainly all, not with your physical safety. Yeah, we all had that little kid, little brother that was undersized in the playground that's nipping at you, right? Trash talk, trash talk, trash talk. We had it playing football. We played tackle football at recess or on the weekends or in the evenings. And he was always lipping off, always lipping off. And then he wanted to play and lipping off. And he's small. So he played. First time he got tackled, starts crying and you feel bad, right? And so he does. So it's like, okay, you're good. You're not going to play. Starts lipping off again, lipping off. It's okay. Come play. Tackle him again. A couple more of those, you start lipping off. You stop lipping off a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. But everybody can do it when, they, when there's no risk. But all of a sudden, Rod Dahlman comes into the stands, and you're not lipping off anymore, right? Sometimes you need to be... Martial tired. law. Yeah. It's not the worst thing in the world. Paul Skiberos on Facebook says, Rod, the beer poured on Adam Party in Chicago. You've written in like 18 times about that, Paul. What do you want? The beer was poured on him. So what? It happens all the time. And Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, can we talk about fans throwing objects without bringing up the Ryder Nation incident against the BC Lions? Obviously, I was there. And let me just hack this story with a comment from Brent Coleman, who says, thanks for the fun, guys. Many laughs so far, and I know more to come. I've told this story so many times. I just feel like I'm boring. But it's a, it's a, it's a good one. Oh, yeah. So, ah, statute of limitations, I think, has happened. It was uh, 2008. It's gone by. It's 2008, September. I think it was the day that Ron Lancaster passed away or the day after. And the Riders were home to the BC Lions. And for those that don't know, this is Canadian Football League play. They halted the game because when the nation picked up with what was going on, were you at that game, by the way? Yeah. Okay, I was calling the game. Yeah. Saskatchewan Rough Riders fans were pelting the BC Lions bench with beer cans. And they were mad because they were full cans. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't throw a real full can unless you were really mad. Right. Raining beer cans out of the stands on the far side of where I was calling the game. So Wally Buono takes the Lions off the sideline all the way out to, mid- to midfield. And the way they were walking... I'm calling the game, and I'm doing a Bob Cole. They're going home! They're going home! Like Bob Cole said in 1976 uh, with the Russian Red Army. No, Wally was just bringing them out to midfield so the beer cans couldn't uh, hit them. So anyways, what I found out during that broadcast was that one of the Lions, I think it was Dante Marsh, had picked off one of the Rough Riders and threw the ball into the crowd and hit a guy in the head. And that triggered the whole, like, hurt him. I might even know a woman. Doesn't matter. And what do you think I thought when I heard that? We were provoked. Of course. Not our fault. So I totally defended the Ryder Nation on that one. Shocking, I know. And then it was a huge furor over that. And I think the Premier talked about it and it scolded the Ryder fans or something. I think the league sent it. Oh, my God. All the national media, right? What a bunch of hillbillies in Saskatchewan. Yep. We are. And when I say the statute of limitations, the president of the team, Jim Hobson, I might not have been Jim, the general manager of the team, Eric Tillman, for sure, the Rough Riders, and the mayor, Pat Fiacco, in separate meetings, called me in and said, good for you for sticking up for our people. I can't, I can't, but good for you for saying it. You get that mentality. I don't really. That's the political thing. I guess they had to scold the fans. But I defended the fans. Yeah. And they're like, I wish I could have done that. So good for you for doing it. Well, it's relationships, right? And it goes back to the Skip Bayless or the Shannon Sharp, right? Julio Jones thing. And then what's management doing? They're going to the league and be like, oh, no, we told them. We, we, we said he can't do it, right? Meanwhile, you're going to Shannon and be like, that was great for ratings. I don't boy. Right? <laughs> like, this is great. You just, made, you just made us a boatload of money. Ratings are way up. But to the league, it's like, that's Shannon Sharp, I tell you. Like, we, we've suspended him for two days. I know it's Saturday and Sunday, but we suspended him for two days and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, I, I do understand that. But the good ones, and we know Pat's a good one, Fiaco, but yeah. Whether it was Jim Hobbs, we know he's a good one. Understands good business. Sticking up for your guys, 
But if you can't do it because you've got to manage relationships, you know you've got somebody else that can do that for you. So that's, that's a good thing. I, I'm pretty sure Jim said that to me too, Jim Hobson. He's like, good for you for saying it. I can't. But I know for a fact Tillman and the mayor did. Uh, so that's triggered a lot of comments here from the fans, the viewers, Tank Abbott's watching in the energy capital, and he's written in. He says, keep your eye on the ball. That's the rule of the stands. Yes, but doesn't always happen. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, did the Lion player try to hurt the fan, though? How do we know? You rocket a ball full speed into the stands. You'd be shocked if you didn't hurt somebody, no? We were provoked! Again, what? Haven't seen the tape. (laughs) So I don't know if he just floated it up there, but if he... On a rope, yeah. Wayne in Victoria says, after that incident, Rod, we had to drink beer out of plastic cups. <laughs> that changed forever. Beer drinking at Mosaic Stadium slash Taylor Field. That incident that night. Mm-hmm. Um, where's Leo? 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 Uncle Leo! From the CFL Alumni Association. He's watching in Hamilton. He says, back in the day, no cans, no bottles were thrown at Taylor Field. That's Leo, right? He's being sarcastic. Oh, yeah. And by the way, why I don't necessarily have a problem with this is that when I had stuff thrown at me, nobody cared. See why I have a tough time now having sorry. Nobody cared when I got hit with stuff. And I've been had spit on stuff thrown at me all the time. Nobody cared. Yeah. Why would I have sympathy for anybody else now oh, is all that I'm saying. No, yeah, I know. And they just put up Leo's comment. He said, he said, no, there was no cans back in the day. So they threw bottles instead. <laughs> oh, ouch. And he said both at the visitors and the home team back in the Batteries. day. Batteries. Oh, yeah. And they're getting upset about popcorn. We're talking about popcorn. <laughs> talking about popcorn in Philadelphia today. Okay, Eric Engels ready? When we come back, we're going to uh, Montreal to chat about tonight's game in Toronto between the Maple Leafs and Canadiens. It's a huge one. Eric Engels joins us next. This has been the second half kickoff, and you are watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds, full-service car wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, everybody. Rod and Moose here. Breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. Moose, we're here. We're holding it. If they don't believe me, <laughs> there it is. Listen. I've been using the Lawnmower 3.0 for what? A couple of months now? Yes. And I love it. What did I say in our last podcast? Chat about this. No cords, no clanky razors. You know what? This is handheld. It's sleek. There are no cords. It's got a 90 minute battery life and a headlight. Yeah. But you now have the 4.0, and I have Ooh. to admit I'm a little jealous. Oh, What do you like about yeah, it? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, that's why we're doing this in the dark, so we can test out the headlight. It seems to be uh, not even that loud. Oh. Sounds loud there, but it's actually not that no, loud. It's, it's right uh, up against the microphone. I'm excited. So uh, we're gonna You get... want to know what's new about it? There was only one size trimmer on the 3.0. Now there are four. Oh. There's a travel lock. You ever traveled somewhere and your razor's been on the whole time, and when you get to your destination, your razor's dead? Mm-hmm. This has a lock on it, so that doesn't happen. There's a lot of other things here. As looks-wise, it's sleek, a two-tone matte and gloss finish. Even features a hot foil stamp black chrome Manscaped logo. But more important than that, it's got a ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, which alleviates those little nicks, those little bumps. Honestly, it will change your life, guys. And we're asking you to order now and join over 2 million people worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's fansided20 at manscaped.com. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rob. Welcome back, everybody. RP Show continues on this Thursday. It's episode number 493 of Canada's daytime sports talk show. 
Tell me if you're getting tired of this music, because I'm not. This is my favorite theme song uh, for the program that goes back to two summers ago, three summers ago, when we launched this show. I'll say it one more time. The Prairie Mobile text line is open, 306-840-8777. If you want to shoot us a note, Prairie Mobile is your authorized SaskTel mobility dealer. And we will update the poll question uh, results in a few moments' time, and that is what is next for the Pittsburgh Penguins after losing out to the Islanders last night? Full-on rebuild? Keep on keeping on? Or a slight retool? There you go. The daily poll question. Let's go to Montreal now. Eric Engels joins us from Sportsnet. We really enjoy it because he's one of the busiest guys in the country right now. We appreciate it. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing great. Good. It's a little choppy there. It's a little choppy video, so hopefully we can get through this. How would you answer that question, by the way? What do you think is next for the Pittsburgh Penguins after losing out last night? You know what? I'm so hyper on what's in front of me in terms of the Canadians. <laughs> I not even had a chance to really think about it. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. It's fine. So speaking of that, then, let's talk about the big game tonight with Montreal-Toronto and the Habs facing elimination. I mean, what was your prediction for the series going in? I, I assume you had one. Has the series gone the way you thought that it would? My prediction was Leafs in seven, and I think it's still possible if the Canadians find a way to assert themselves and play their game. And their game means playing as five guys in the picture in all three zones. And They've done it in the defensive zone to better effect than most people did. I, I understand that Marner and Matthews have three points each in this series, but through four games, most people would have said that's underperforming. Uh, William Nylander and Alex Galchenyuk have been dynamite together. Alex Kerfoot has been really good. But the Canadian job defensively, but the commitment they've shown guys in the defensive zone be there on offense where they've only scored four goals in this series. And it's not just three forwards every time they hop on the ice that need to help them produce it. The defense has zero points in this series, and it's because they're not implicated in helping to get the puck up quickly and supporting the rush and creating those opportunities where Toronto won't be able to just stand up at their line and force the Canadians to lose possession, dump it in, and try to retrieve it. It's, that's a big part of the game, and the defense needs to be more implicated. Just throwing this out there... I had coffee with a head scout of a hockey team yesterday who feels the Habs have more injuries than they're leading on. And he by name mentioned Brendan Gallagher, Jeff Petrie, and Shea Weber. Is there any, because they just don't seem like themselves. Is there anything to that? Definitely. Shea Weber is not playing at anywhere near 100% with the injuries. I believe it's an injury that's going to require surgery when they with Brendan Gallagher is coming out of a thumb a broken thumb that he was out for six weeks and you know whether he's 100% in terms of recovery from that you know the strength is probably not there in his hand the way it needs to be for him to shoot as effectively as he normally would he's also had major issues with that hand having shattered fingers on it before and you know also being out of rhythm for six weeks and then jumping into the playoffs is not an easy thing to do. It's the only reason he ended up playing a game with the Val Rocket as soon as he was healthy enough to, to play in a game because the Canadians ran out of time in the regular season to get him into one. And there were cap, there was a cap situation too with Gallagher being on long-term IR. Uh, I don't know if Carey Price is 100% healthy. I don't know if Philip Deneau coming off a concussion at the end of the season and jumping into the series and healthy. Uh, Jeff Petrie is not looking and playing like a player who's 100% healthy. So you could probably go down the list. There's a lot of guys from the Canadians, especially with their schedule that are not healthy. But at the end of the day, the team deals with that as you get to this time of year. And if it wasn't the case of the playoffs, it becomes the case after four games are played. That's for sure. So the Canadians need better from their best players, regardless of their health status. From uh, viewer Brady Witt, big Habs fan out here in Western Canada, he says, hey, Eric, could you share some insight on how Romanov isn't getting a chance today? I really do not understand it, and I'm quite frustrated, to be honest. Brady, I totally understand where you're coming from, and I think everyone in Montreal is frustrated by that situation. Personally, I'm not frustrated. It doesn't mean anything to me, but I am perplexed by it, and uh, I'm perplexed perplexed by it because I think Alex Romanov is a guy who can make a difference. The Canadians had a week between their season ending and this playoff series starting 
where they could be issues that Alex Romanov was having down the stretch where he really did struggle. Objectively, if you really love Alex Romanov, you have to watch the games towards the end of the day yourself. This guy is not playing well. It's it's a real struggle. And that's normal for a player that's 21 years old and playing in this league for the first time. The confidence that he had at the beginning of the year where he was throwing stretch passes and making great hits and timing things well wasn't there towards the end. But there was an opportunity to much like they had to do some work with Jesperi Kakanyemi, much like they wanted Cole Caulfield to watch the first couple of games to know what was going to be required in terms of the, the gear shift that goes into the playoffs. And look, Kakanyemi was inserted into the series. He scored right away. Uh, you know, he struggled like anybody else in the lineup, but at least he's playing to his in, in this series and can play a bit better, obviously. But same thing with Caulfield. He's inserted. He hasn't scored a goal yet, but he's created the best chances. And, he, you know, I don't think this is just inexperience versus experience. When it comes up, Ducharme leaned on Cole Caulfield for close to 20 minutes in the last game. So it can't be just about that. I think it's a predictability factor in Romanov's game and, and not, not wanting to start in there. Um, the big struggles that, that pertain to Romanov's game are that to be hyperactive and overactive and do things and, and start running around to positions that he's not supposed to be in and trying to do the work of the goaltender while trying to do the work of his defense partner and trying to do the work of a back-checking forward. And at a certain degree, you have to do your own best of your ability to be effective. And I think that's the concern with him. But, you know, one fan on Twitter just reached out and said, I'd rather go predictability of Roman bad of Merrill or Gustafson and I think that's a really well framed point that he's making and again I, I'm not frustrated by it but I am perplexed by the fact that they're not giving this guy a chance. He does play at the height of his abilities. He can make a massive impact. Wayne in Victoria says, uh, watching, he says, every team has injuries. They need to play better to beat the Leafs. Sorry to say, for sure. Jamie is watching in Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia. He says, long road ahead, Eric, if the Habs want to make it to a Game 7 like you predicted. From Troy in Toronto, uh, from Sober Athletic, where he says, can Carey Price steal some games and get the Habs back in it? I say no, but what are Eric's thoughts on Price? Well, before I get there, uh, that's exactly what I said. I said that if the you know they're occurring with some injuries, but every team is, and you just have to play better and win. Uh, as far as Carey Price is concerned, he's he can steal games for the Canadians. It's got nothing to do with him. He's playing unbelievable. And even if four goals or three goals got by him in the last game, and one was empty net, I mean, what else do you want this guy to do? He's he's making Superman level saves. Uh, he can't score a goal. At the doing everything he can to facilitate the breakout for the Canadians when the Canadians' defense is having an issue with it. Clearly, it's this is about the as Dominic Ducharme put it, the other 18 guys in the sweater and what they need to come about to create offense. And I think, as I said off the top here, that's a five-man job when you're on the ice. Same way the commitment to whatever you hear people talk about. How are you going to Matthews? And how are you going to face Connor McDavid and Mitch Marner? Well, we need all five guys to do it. It's not just me and Shea Weber. It's me and Ben Sherrod. It's the same thing that you need on offense. It's all five guys that need to help produce it. And the Canadians right now are disconnected. We heard Jeff Petrie talk about it in Game 4 uh, or after Game 4 that they can't be looking for options to be there when they need to make a breakout pass, that they need to be there right away because you don't have time to think in the playoffs. In the offensive zone, the forwards need options available to them too, and it can't just be the two other guys that the first four-checker is aligned with. It's got to be all, all five picture, and that's what Ducharme's system is supposed to be about. He talked about close support since he was hired. by It's time for the Canadians to play that way and stop talking about how they need to fend off Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and the Maple Leafs offense and the varied attack. And, you know, John Tavares has missed 11 of 12 periods of this series. Polino has missed the last two games. William Nylander, Galchenyuk, and Alex Kerfoot have been dynamic in their absence, showing what the Leafs' depth is all about. But at a certain point, you need to make the Maple Leafs feel like there's something for two. And the Canadians have talked a lot about the vaunted depth of their team. And I believe that they do have the depth to score goals and the talent to do it as well. They need to start making worry about them. Hey, last one, Eric. 
you obviously saw Mark Mathot's tweet about how this series has lacked intensity and it looks like a regular season game. And I couldn't put my finger on why I wasn't that down with this series because it's Montreal-Toronto, man. Leafs and Habs. I agreed with him. How do you feel about those that say this has not seemed like an all-out war Montreal-Toronto in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Uh, I did that tweet beforehand. I don't necessarily fully disagree with him, but I do disagree to one extent. I, I think the Canadians have tried to make it an all-out war, and you see it reflected in the hit totals and the way they're trying to play the game, but the game is getting called a little tighter than they're used to in the playoffs. And the Maple Leafs are a factor in this too because they have ignored all, all that stuff and just played their game. And to they've done that. Their composure level is a big reason why they're leading this series 3-1. They have not snapped with the cross checks. Um, they have not engaged in the after whistle stuff. They you know, Wayne Simmons doing some talking from one end. They seem to be fully content to let Montreal hit them and try to do everything so long as the Canadians are not focusing on playing the game. So I think that's part of the reason we look like that at times. I don't think there's a lot in here. I think there's a sense of frustration that's come about from the Canadians not being able to score and the Leafs' composure uh, adding to that dynamic of not, you know, focusing too much on the physical game and just playing hockey, which is working out really well for them. Yeah, no kidding. Great answers, man. Yeah, you do a great job enjoying your stuff. Enjoy the game tonight, Eric, and thanks for the time today. Thanks to you, and uh, sorry if the video copy, but uh, appreciate you having me on. It was just fine. We've had way worse. Thanks, Eric. Eric Engels from Sportsnet Montreal joining us in advance of the big game tonight. Game 5, Montreal at Toronto on the CBC. When we come back, a sports update. Big breaking news. And I'm just going to tease on that. Let's come down this morning. We'll get to that right after this break. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network across all 10 provinces and 31 states. Live daily on Facebook and YouTube as well and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Sure is. Welcome back, everybody. The moose is loose. There he is. <laughs> I wish doing? I could do a moose sound, but I just come up like a cow. Probably. What kind of sounds do they make? I don't know, but I want to. When you say that, I want to go. <laughs> but it's not the right one. It's not the right one. They do call a female moose a cow. Right. Maybe. Okay. I see people are predicting in the comments section here those that are watching digitally on facebook and youtube what the leafs jet series will be <laughs> stop <laughs> I know. We're pump the brakes you guys oh the winnipeggers all agree jets in seven i said there was breaking news this morning and there is as we get to a sports update here the eagles the philadelphia eagles of the national football league announced changes to their football operations department Thursday, including a historic one, their promotion of Catherine Raich to vice president of football operations. It's believed Raich is now the highest-ranking female personnel executive in NFL history. The title was previously held by Kelly Klein, who was named executive director of football operations and special advisor to general manager George Patton by the Denver Broncos earlier this month. And what you need to know about that is Catherine is a Canadian. She came up through the Canadian Football League and first came on my radar in her time with the Montreal Alouettes. But she wasn't there long. She's been in the NFL a few years and now the highest ranking female official in NFL history. So bravo, Catherine Ration. How about that? How about that? We have, uh, well, Clark is going to be sending out an invite for her to come on this program. Should be good. The Blue Jays and Yankees will play a doubleheader today in the Bronx after being rained out Wednesday. The opener, the twin bill, will be at 4.05 Eastern. Alec Manoa, in his Major League debut, will pitch the opener for Toronto. And Robbie Ray gets the second game. The Maple Leafs can advance to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs while also ending the season for the Montreal Canadiens tonight at Scotiabank Arena. Toronto up 3-1. Montreal scored just four goals in the series, with two of those coming in its Game 1 victory. 
The Lakers play host to Phoenix, and the Heat return home to face Milwaukee in a pair of round one game three matchups tonight in the NBA. L.A. and the Suns are tied 1-1. Bucks lead Miami 2-0. Those are two of the three games on tonight's slate, the other being Denver heading to Portland for a game three contest with the Nuggets and Blazers tied 1-1. And only four days after winning the PGA Championship, after not winning on the PGA Tour in more than two years, 50-year-old Phil Mickelson is set to tee off today in the first round of the Charles Schwab Challenge in Fort Worth, Texas. Mickelson is uh, grouped in the first two rounds with defending champion Daniel Berger and local favorite Jordan Spieth. This sports update for Dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis with the best team of writers across Western Canada and the Pacific Northwest. Visit Dubnetwork.ca and for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars, now with eight amazing flavors including the new Almond Mocha. RP Show viewers get 20% off with the promo code RP Show. Order yours now at G2GBars.ca. So, Moose, there's been so much going on this week with what we've been talking about, mostly Stanley Cup playoffs. Yep. We didn't even talk about Phil Mickelson because we didn't have a Monday show. I know. Were you watching? Oh, yeah. What did you think of the way that was going down? Well, it was wild. Like, you know, I was loosely following in and out throughout the weekend, and I watched. And then Sunday, because of the long weekend, felt like Saturday. So I was like, this isn't the final round, you know, whatever. I'm following him. I'm like, wait a second. This is the final round. So then I went and sat and watched. And, I mean, it was up and down. And you just kind of in your back of your mind, you're like, it's, he's 50. And Phil, and he hasn't won a major in a while. And these other guys, Brooks Kepka is so good and young. And, you know, I just, you kind of think that he's going to overtake him. And Phil's just not going to be able to hang on. But he did. And it was unbelievable. And, uh you know, the tweets were coming in as he was coming down the end, and then that crowd on 18, I mean, that was just unbelievable to watch. You know, they couldn't contain the crowd, and there was just so much love for Phil, and he just looked like such a boss, and I mean, it's Phil Mickelson. This is who we grew up with, the rivalry with Tiger, and so it was fun. It was, it was all great. Really great. I thought all those same things. I thought the golf course on the coast of South Carolina there oh. looked like a bit of a goat track. It didn't look that beautiful. The ocean looked great. The ocean looked great at Keough Island there. But yeah. yeah. The course just didn't look like PGA championship caliber, but whatever. And, but Phil had the lead going into Sunday anyways, right? It wasn't like right. he made some huge push from the back. We were cha- cheering front to back for him on Sunday, obviously. But I'll tell you what, something about these match play tournaments you know the made for tv one last year with tiger phil tom mm-hmm. brady and peyton manning completely changed my view of phil mickelson and it's listen you know they call him fig jam and everybody says how cocky he is which cocky doesn't bother me we had a long discussion on that on sunday i don't i'm cocky i've always been cocky but if you can back up your cockiness i have no problem with that yeah. that's phil yeah that, I, that, that never bothered me i just heard that he was a bit of a jerk and then when, if you watch the match, which I know you did, all the dumb things he was saying, like driving between holes, and Tiger was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> right. That's how they thought of Phil's yeah. that guy, but he's not a jerk. He's just a little bit, Phil's talking about Phil again. <laughs> you know? Gotta <laughs> activate, know. Gotta activate the calves, right? Hitting bombs. <laughs> like, so it's a charm now as he's gotten right. older. When he's young, it's like, Phil's talking about Phil. But... <laughs> He's old now, and it's, it's a bit of the charm. I'm worried about the match without Tiger, because Tiger and Phil are a little bit of those opposites, right? And I'm worried that the ratings are going to be down. And when I, you know, obviously Tiger was in the accident, he's not ready to golf. I'm like, I'm not into it. But then they brought Aaron Rodgers out. And you really, in the back of your mind, wonder, what's Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady? What's that dynamic going to be like? Because we don't really know what the relationship is. We see the shaking hands thing. Seems fine. And people can make the narrative of Tom doesn't want to shake Aaron Rodgers' hands. Or they do. Somebody else makes that narrative, right? We don't know the relationship. So that's what I'm looking forward to, seeing them go head-to-head on the golf course. Do they get along? Do they not? How competitive will they be? From uh, Todd Pinckney. I think we should move him from a P1 to P1. researcher. Ah, yes. <laughs> he says, uh, Phil's tired today. Plus four opening round. Um, and by the way, when you're talking about the, we say dropping bombs or launching bombs. Launching bombs. Yeah, he's yeah. driving his golf cart. He's like, bombs. Launch, hitting bombs, hitting bombs. <laughs> like it, was, it was funny. 
Oh, yeah. I don't have a problem with that if you can back it up, and he can back it up. He's the only guy who wears aviators on the golf course, too. <laughs> and look, the only one. And look great. Yeah. William May, watching in Lloydminster, Saskatchewan, says, Cocky means you are good at what you do, or you may think you are good. Did you Google that, William? Is that your definition? I've been telling a lot of stories lately about where my mouth has got me in trouble my whole life. I just, I've just always been cocky. And sometimes somebody's taken the piss out of me. I deserved it. Never really learned. Right. But that's just me. Cocky per- people don't turn me off, but they do turn off a lot of people. But there's you know? also a difference between being cocky and being rude. Or arrogant. And arrogant. Like arrogant and cocky than, are different. I don't think I'm better than anybody else. I don't. Yeah. But I do think I'm good at what I do. There is a difference. Right. As do you. Yeah. you got to have confidence in this business or you wouldn't well, you last a to. second. That's right. Uh, Wayne in Victoria says, after over a year and a half without CFL football, it's hard not to get excited about the league starting back up in August. Hopefully they get their act together now. He did hammering away on that, eh? When they come back, we'll talk about them. William and Lloyd Minster, by the way, says that's all his definition. You know what? Let me look up cocky. What's your definition? Yeah, let's cocky, go to the big board. Cocky can sometimes be skewed as arrogant. Like there's there's a difference between like sometimes you'll say confident and cocky. Cocky's negative, confidence positive. I like confident, right? Yeah. But that's it. That's it. I, I thought like you were still going. No, sorry. Um, the the uh, dictionary online. It's on the internet, so it must be true. The definition of cocky is conceited or arrogant, especially in a bold or impudent way. I, that, that's not what I think about it, right. but that's just, that's just me. Um, to the Prairie Mobile text line from the 717, how amazing is the Catherine Race news? Can we expect more of this in sports? How long till we see a female GM other than Kim Ng with the Miami Marlins? Won't be long. Actually, who the heck was I talking to the other day? They said, you want to you wanna settle this company's problem? Hire a woman. And I said, I get it. Experts in problem solving. Ego, not an issue. Do you know what I mean? Yes. No, I'm t- totally fine with this. I've met Catherine. I don't know her well. But the Philadelphia Eagles are not going to put her in a, that high of a spot for political reasons. You know what I mean? They obviously think she will do a great job, and she's been with them for a couple of years. Yeah. They know her well enough. Brady in Saskatoon. It's the last one, Brady. Hey, Rod, whatever happens tonight and moving forward, I'll always be a Habs fan. Referring to my comment from yesterday, it's just frustrating being repeatedly promised something, and then it just turns out no different than previous years, especially this year. Oiler fans just said, hold my beer. He acts like he's the only disadvantaged NHL fan. My God, I cheer for the Vegas Golden Knights. We've never won a Stanley Cup. (laughs) I look at all the teams that aren't in the playoffs and put those. So you're in the upper half already. The the Habs. Yeah. Right? In terms of position, where you're at, the, (laughs) the, the, the spot the franchise is in. Montreal's in a pretty good spot. Troy, Troy, I'm sorry. Troy from Sober Athletic Wear Toronto says Rogers, Aaron Rodgers will not be wearing a Packers golf shirt, that's for sure, as he's in the match too. We'll talk about that when we come back. We do need to face off today, so let's do that. And here's what it's going to be. Because Ken in Saskatoon wrote us and said, who is getting paid to build a culture in any team? Ken in Saskatoon asked that question. I want to face off with you on who's responsible for building a culture of a sports franchise, okay? All right. And we'll loop you people all in too. It's the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds. Full-service car wash at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Yay! Welcome back, everybody, for Overtime. Breaking news from the Arizona Cardinals that just popped up in my hand. We have released quarterback Cole McDonald. First thing I thought of is by war of attrition, Strevy's still there. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Arizona Cardinals releasing quarterback Cole McDonald just moments ago. You don't have to win the immunity bracelet or idol. You just have to survive elimination. What's going on in there? They're very loud in that room. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. From the... Uh, the uh, poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Are the Penguins headed for a rebuild after a first-round exit? The options are yes, trade Sid and Gino. No, keep going. Or three, a slight retool. 62% are saying a slight retool. And I would suggest that. As long as you got Sid and Gino, you got a chance. And you're not moving them. So, no, there's no, uh, there's no rebuild happening in Pittsburgh. Um the question today for the face-off is, well, hang on. Stop. One second. That dude in Salt Lake City writing and says, Danny Garcia owns a league. Is it Darren in Salt Lake City? He didn't leave his name this time. Salt Lake City, Utah. So he's talking about Danny Garcia is the highest ranking female in pro football because she owns a league. Well, not really. Is it a league? She owns the name to a league. Catherine Raich is the vice president of a national football league team. She's right. the highest ranking female. Without a doubt. I get what you're saying in Salt Lake City, but stop it. Troy in Toronto says, Rod and Darren, I don't want to be a fanboy, but your show brings joy to my work day as I slug away trying to crank out sales. Even though I am a GTA guy, I enjoy the content and interviews. Have a good one, boys. Thank you, Troy. Flattery will get you anywhere. I, I wish I'd known that years ago. Oh, I know. Brady writes in. He says, best show ever. I agree. So to the... Now to the face-off from Ken in Saskatoon. So I can read this properly. Ken in Saskatoon says, who is getting paid to build a culture in any team? Ken in Saskatoon. This came up the other day when I said the culture of the Edmonton Oilers is broken, and I don't think it's where the fish rots at the head. It's in the room. I'm going to defer to the young man, Darren, first with your answer to that question. Who gets paid to create a culture? Your leaders. And that starts with your ownership, GM, your coach, or your locker room leaders. doesn't have to be your captain. doesn't have to be an assistant captain. doesn't have to be the GM coach or ownership, but it's your leaders. Who are the leaders on the group? And every organization's ran a little differently. Sometimes the owner's got your fingers on it, right? And they're the real leaders of the organization, Some, which Jerry Jones, an example in Dallas. Sometimes it's the GM who walks around really being the leader of that group. A lot of times it's the coach, and a lot of times it's the players who run the organization, right? So... Whoever in your organization is your leader, that's who's responsible for culture. There's no job. It's not on any job title. It's not on any job title that you're responsible for culture because you can't wish culture. You can't read a book and follow A, B, C, D and create culture. You have to be able to read the room and you, you know, it comes from actions. It comes from what you do, what you say, how you behave, and you start creating culture by your leaders. How about that? Do you want to drop your mic? <laughs> yeah. Do it again. There you Wide go. Shot. Put it on him. Wide shot. Mic drop. <laughs> Whoa, crotch shot. Uh-oh. <laughs> the, That's a mic drop. The face-off is brought to you by the Ultimate Fan Zone, your one-stop shop for the sports fans on your list. Visit the Man Cave, downtown Moose Jaw, or on Facebook. And their website is live now, too. Every NHL team merchandise in these Stanley Cup playoffs can be found at the Ultimate Fan Zone. And for the Mad Greek and Moose Jaw, available for licensed dining, takeout, or delivery, head to themadgreekeatery.com for more information. I could go on and on and on and on. And you... Even before we were on Game Plus TV, we used to say when we were just broadcasting on Facebook that you really need to listen to the nuggets of this show or you really need to read between the lines of my columns that I write. 
JT O'Sullivan said it yesterday. Sports has changed. He said the media has changed, but sports has changed. You have to understand, folks. You know who I talk to on a daily basis. Coaches, players, agents, parents, billets, bus drivers, fans, media, everybody. And what's changed in sports is that the owners are more hands-on than they've ever been. And that, by the way, is fine. A lot of guys don't have a problem with that. But, I mean, I got a lot of guys, as you know, that are ringing my phone going, Rod, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with that? And, of course, my initial thing is uh, tell them to uh, GFY. But you can't do that. That's why I'm over here. That's why I'm over here doing my show over here. But the point is these guys want to uh, make the picks at the draft. They want their kid to make the picks at the draft. I know. And... What's the golden rule, Darren? He who has the gold <laughs> makes the rules. Everybody's right. different. Like, just NFL. Jerry Jones sets the culture in Dallas as the owner, right? Yeah. At least it's you know. Bill Belichick in, in New England. It's worked pretty good. It's the coach, Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. Yep. Working pretty good. In Tampa, it's Tom Brady, the player, setting the culture, right? And I'm sure where Odell Beckham's gone, he's kind of setting culture, right? So it's different wherever you go. Sometimes it's a GM. Sometimes it's the coach. Some, you know, Brian Burke sets culture wherever he goes, right? Who's setting the well, culture in Montreal? You know, and I feel like we can just carry this over to, to, to tomorrow because the thing is, there's a little bit of ego involved with these guys, okay? Billionaires and multimillionaires, a little bit of ego. So if you could get out of the way and just put the people in place that you know that are proven and have, could do a good job, you'll be fine. But they can't bring themselves to do that. They can still hire good people, but can't stay out of the kitchen. And it never used to be that way. So if you want to know why some teams always win and why some teams always lose, it's ownership. And they will never look in the mirror because they are incapable of doing it. Thanks, Moose. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow for a Flame Tech Football Friday right here on Game Plus TV. told you to shut up well a couple times for more rod peterson on demand visit rodpeterson.com without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.